Welcome to the No Gut, No Galaxy MechWarrior Podcast number 9. My name is Phil and I'll be your host tonight. It is January 4th, 2011 and I've got some people with me. Again, we've got the old man himself, Darren. Who you going to be shouting out to today? Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. Just say hi to my buddies in TCH and my future buddies in MWO. Alright, what about you, Brandon? Uh, this is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hill, and I just want to wish everybody a happy holidays and I hope it was a good one. Now, we've got a special guest today. Um, for those who play MWLL or are involved in the MechWar community, we have the Lear, the King, King Lear himself. Would you like to introduce yourself and give a shout out? Hello, my name's Will. I um, go by King Lear UK on forums and just about everywhere else. I'm the project director for the MechWare Living Legends project, so I'll be joining you guys today. And I'd mm-hmm. like to give a shout out to Nor's Mercenary Group and Eve their parody of the rooks and kings video and if you don't know what that is just check it out <laughs> really it was it was funny um i didn't quite get it at first actually and then i was like oh yeah Ab- above your head yeah i was, was surprised actually how many people didn't get it because the uh clarion call video that we based it off of and then the uh, battle of noiterus video that we based it off of those two videos have like hundreds of thousands of hits each so I really thought it would be a little more well-known, but everyone that has seen those videos beforehand was falling over themselves for our parody. So we got a lot of good yeah. feedback on that. I, I guess I just watched the video and I didn't get the whole parody part, and it was just like, I was like, huh, you know. Anyways, moving on. So we've got some stuff we want to talk about real quick. No Guts, No Galaxy, what's going on? Uh, we've got actually a lot of stuff uh, in, in the works. Uh, one thing we are looking for is a web designer. Um, check out the thread. Uh, it's it's in the MWO forums and also on our Facebook. Um, with Darren, he basically lists out some uh, requirements and whatnot and some contact information. So, if you're a hot shot out there and you got some uh, free time, and like to help out, uh, please give us uh, you know a ring with that. Or um, even also, if you're not hot shot, but a good web designer, I'll talk to you too. Only hot shots apply. Yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> The contests we talked about in last week's uh, podcast are going live after we record and throughout the night. I will be making these uh, these posts on MWO forums underneath community thread, the podcast, whatnot. So stay tuned. We'll be posting details on Facebook as well. Uh, also with us, uh, we've had a lot of people asking for uh, different ways to listen to the podcast. iTunes. It will be going live within the next week. Uh, YouTube uh, channel has already been created. We'll be getting um, all of the podcast updated and, and uh, uploaded to that. As well, when we do uh, find a new web designer and whatnot, the Hyperpulse Radio will be going live. And so there's been a lot of stuff in the background. And obviously with the uh, the holiday, we couldn't get to all of it. So uh, today's going to be a special day because we do have Lear. Uh, do you actually prefer Lear, Will, or... Uh, Lear is fine. Your Majesty. <laughs> we are not worthy. <laughs> um, so, anyways, we got we got Lear here, and uh, Lear, uh, you know, I basically contacted him and said, "Hey, you know what? You guys have done so much for the Mech War and BattleTech community. I'd love to have you on." And uh, you know, for those who don't know him, um, you know, he's an awesome guy. He's put in too much damn work to not be getting paid for it, and he's got a few things uh, he wants to talk about. And you know, we're going to chime in because uh, all of us here. 
Um, even even Greg, he's actually played MWO a little bit, but the rest of us were actually very competitive in it. And so we'll chime in when we can, and he's got some treats. So, uh, you know, King, um, you guys actually just, uh, how many years in a row are you now honorable mention in the mod of the year? Well, um, this will be the second year in the row after having won actual mod of the year back in 2009. So in 2009, we had... Uh, we won uh, Player's Choice Mod of the Year and also Multiplayer uh, Mod of the Year, which would have been the Editor's Choice. And then prior to that, uh, the two years leading up to that, we were uh, honorable mention or, I guess, winner of most anticipated mod overall Mod of the Year. And then uh, we won honorable mention in 2010 and now again in 2011. So it's uh, been quite a run and we're continuing that trend, hopefully into 2012. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff planned for this year, so I don't see why we wouldn't do, be able to do that. So, do you, uh, is it possible for you guys to win again, or is it just like because you won, you can only get on mention from here on out? We could win again, but we would have to have a relatively major release and a big change to the game. We would likely need to be a full 1.0 uh, release status, not actually beta anymore. So, I don't know that we'd actually make that this year, but we're, we're trying. Um, there are so, several significant things that are outstanding for that. We would need to get the mech lab done. Uh, we would need to finish off the planned asset list. We're getting very close on that one, actually. And uh, uh, there are a couple other game modes that need to be completed as well, like Capture the Flag. But uh, if we were to get all of those things done, we would be able to qualify again. Huge accomplishments. I remember following the mod when you guys would it was back in 2009 prior to you guys going uh, live bait and whatnot and i mean huge hype and stuff i was really excited and uh you guys are well deserving of, of you know of that stuff i mean uh, yeah congratulations that's something to be proud of thank you it's been uh it's been a great run um not that we're ending it anytime soon but uh for a volunteer project uh i'm suitably impressed every single time we come up for the awards and we actually win and people don't quite realize is how much work actually goes into, I mean, a mod and, and particularly with the tools and assets you have available. And, you know, what basically the MWL team did was, I mean, so actual, the, the CryEngine 2, I mean, you guys were told that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get max walking and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I remember reading that way back when and seeing like early, uh, you know, test videos and stuff. And you guys did, it, you know, and you had a lot of doubters and blew people's minds in there. I mean, look at the game now. It's like, you know, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, we still get a little bit of uh, grief every now and then about the animations that we have, but that's, you know, it's a restriction of how we actually got the mix implemented to be walking. So um, they're walking despite everyone's uh, opinion otherwise. Yeah, and it, it's difficult, and uh, you know, I know that you guys have jumped through hoops and uh, sometimes caught caught some flack for you know, but it's you know, with what you guys have done, like I said, um, and I'll hold to it. I still think this is by far the best mech game I've played online. You know, yes, it's hard to compare here, here. to something like MechWarrior Two Mercenaries, but I didn't play that crap online. You know, I was I spent thousands of hours offline when I was a teenager, um, but by far. Uh, you know, and, uh... Hey, the best victories are the ones that nobody thinks can be done. Yeah, I mean, mechanically, visually, and in terms of controls, it, it very much feels like a Battletech game. 
and that it is a volunteer effort is just amazing. Like, whew. <laughs> it's yeah. it's very polished. Um, if anyone that's listening hasn't tried League of Legends, at least when League I got Legends. into it, it or, excuse me, Living Legends. League of Legends <laughs> is good too, but yeah, not quite mechy. Although I wish. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Lol, Battle Max. That's a nice project, maybe. And and with MWLL, uh, you know, it is a uh, combined arms uh, game. Um, you know, the balancing stuff, and and we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, what is something that you know through this podcast you help you know hope to get out to the community? Are you guys looking for any um, talent? I mean, I know you guys uh, you know got a pretty big team, but is there any you know thing you're looking for? And you know, if someone's listening to this and has the skills and know how. Uh, actually, yes. Um, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be me if I didn't take a PR opportunity to try to do some recruitment. Um, we are looking for some environmental artists, specifically. Um, we have recognized this as a need on our team for some time now, and it seems that every time we get a new artist on, they are interested in making premier assets like the mechs or the vehicles. And we really do need a, a few artists to do nothing but concentrate on environmental assets, um, specifically so that we can achieve some urban environments of our own. Um, you may not know this, but Crisis doesn't ship with very many urban assets. Um, most, uh, you know, you might get some buildings and some bunkers, shacks and whatnot, but nothing that would represent a uh, BT era city. So we need to have those assets created before we can actually do a proper urban combat environment. I mean, and what kind of assets are you talking about? Like, uh, I mean, when, if someone doesn't know what environmental assets are, I mean, that's it's a pretty broad uh, spectrum there, isn't it? Urban buildings, bridges, rocks, trees, vegetation, um, the, you know, anything that would be a prop on a level for us. Uh, fences, to bring that immersion factor to the maps and stuff? Yes. So how would somebody get a hold of can come to our forums and uh, fill out a recruitment post there, or I'll accept emails uh, just as easily. KingLearUK at MechLivingLegends.net. Send me whatever you're interested in doing, and uh, I'll get back in touch with you. Put you in, in touch with the leads on the team who uh, will conduct the art test. Yeah. King, is there definitely. any technically specific background that people should have before they come to you? Or? Uh, we prefer people to be able to model in 3DS Max. Um, any version will do, and, you know, the latest one, 2012 is out, so I uh, would recommend that one. Uh, we do want um, our environmental artists to not only be able to model their stuff, but to be able to UV unwrap and uh, to hopefully be able to texture as well. So um, if you can't do the texturing, we, we actually have people who can do that, but definitely need to be able to UV unwrap your own stuff. Yeah, don't be a PK and not know how to do that. I know how to model somewhat, but I can't UV unwrap. So, uh, you know, definitely. Uh, and again, for those listening out there, this 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 mod, and if you haven't tried it, again, I can't you know say enough. Try it out. Uh, it's an amazing. It's a it's a fun experience, um, especially when you get into coordinated play. Hop on this TS and just kill shit together. What is something else you know that's that's been sort of a um, but, you know, the, with the balancing act between having the different assets, you know, tanks versus max versus arrow and, and battle armor, is there some things that you guys are ch changing or have been changing to, to fix some of those things? Because I know that there's been a lot of, like, clan versus IS play and, you know, some of the holes uh, and whatnot. So, 
Clan versus IS is not complete yet. Um, we're still missing a number of key assets on our um, planned asset list. So the, in, that's been planned for some time to fill those, and it's just a matter of actually getting them done. Uh, beyond that, speaking to pricing, we try and base the base pricing for all of our assets on uh, BT values, so the original CBT stuff, as best we can. But uh, we have to make uh, we have to make allocation for how that actually plays out in a first-person shooter type game, as opposed to uh, turn-based uh, role-playing, or rather, uh, rolling dice. Rather, that's what I wanted to say. Anyway, um, one of the changes that we're actually going to be implementing here, not too distant future, is chassis pricing. Thus far, has been a base value. We actually choose a value and we, we use that as the base value for each chassis, and then build on top of that with the armor and the weapons and the equipment. Uh, going forward, we're actually going to change that and actually have the chassis be a multiplier for the uh, weapons and the armor cost and the equipment cost. So it will actually be a better indicator for how well a particular platform uses those weapons as opposed to um, just a set value for the base chassis. So it sounds a little abstract, but it will make each price more meaningful as opposed to uh, having a base chassis price that's guessed at okay so you basically you guys are like i would say making everything more coordinated as far as the all the functions behind the scene and a little bit more concise you know as and i'm assuming that when you have to plug in new assets once you have this sort of formula and stuff that it just plugs in and boom you got the numbers and you can see everything where it fits in is that sort of what you're you're going for as far as that it's going to be a calculation on things like the engine size and based on things like um, the number of pod mounts and their type that the particular platform is capable of and the um, the target aspect ratio, like how much surface area um, is facing on the uh, asset you can actually shoot at, um, how much torso pitch the asset has, how much torso rotation it has, those will all be factors that feed into the uh, chassis price factor. Um, so we'll get a more quantitative feel for what the chassis price is as opposed to just a chosen value. That's a lot more detailed than what probably people will think. I mean, how much you know, is behind the scenes in, in every single map. You know, are you guys going to be introducing any new assets anytime soon? Or is there anything planned that you know, hasn't been released yet or anything like that? Um, we've handed that a couple times on the forums, but the Corona and the Phalanx heavy battle armor are in the works. They actually have been their models. The low polys are complete. The animation sets are almost complete. Um, I've seen some test videos of those, so um, those are coming very shortly. Um, by very shortly, I mean probably within a couple of months. But uh, Pentance, uh, one of our developers, is doing some great work with those, and I can't wait to have them because. Battle armor is probably one of the most underutilized and unappreciated roles that you can play within our game. And we've been letting that go for a long time now. So once those come out, those, there will actually be a dedicated battle armor role and we'll be able to design gameplay around that. I've actually seen, have you guys seen some of the videos? Uh, I forget what groups it was, uh, but they basically did a battle armor battle and they like you like basically record it and whatnot, and it was actually pretty cool to watch. And uh, you know, I would say, um, what was their main going, weapon? 
the people I were using. They, I mean, I think they switched. The, the, they had the, the heavy laser, they had the uh, PPC, and the rotor. I mean, you saw everything in the normal. <laughs> That's and fun they, to watch. But, I mean, there's like, you know, two teams, like 12, just out there bounding around and killing these, uh, each other. But uh, I love the old flame gun. I mean... Especially in MWL, the most annoying thing is being like on Thunder Rift or something, and you know, the BA will be behind a building and just popping you. And I mean, you can't, you know, it's one of those things that's realistic. I mean, you know, and uh, yeah, they are extremely effective. The uh, heavy BA actually is going to let us do a couple things we've wanted to do for a while, which uh, one of them is actually being able to do dual wielding since Crisis War supports that. We're going to do that with our BA, so they'll be able to. Uh, two-hand several of the existing weapons and then on top of that we're going to add the king david like us rifle for <laughs> ba use and uh, we've been having some discussion about how we're going to balance that because it's going to be quite a thing i personally would like to uh have the I mean, BA. How, much, how much punch are we talking about with these things well, it's not only the punch, it's how far they can reach out and touch you. Because, uh, I mean, if it's a Goss rifle, it's got to have some range to it, right? I Especially hear... like Goss. It was what? It was the longest range weapon in the uh, 3052? Yeah, 1 of, yeah, like yeah. I can already hear you cussing and swearing, PK. Yeah, actually, I probably would be. <laughs> I, I, I hate PK. It's just like, oh. But, uh, We've been talking about having a deploy mechanism for it to actually force the user to stand still while they're using it, or maybe do a crouch for two or three seconds in order to actually enable it, so that you you do introduce some negatives to actually using it. Man, that would be really cool because I mean, just off the top of my head, even if uh, as BA uh, radar acts a little bit different, so if you're in a mech, you don't see uh, BA. Up until like a certain distance, it, it works a little bit different. So you, I mean, even if they did have to crouch or uh, almost like, you know, pop out a you know tripod to hold it or something, anything like that, I think it would be, you know, planet side too get a good uh, way to deploy a heavy armor, like deploying anchors or whatever, something like that. I think would be awesome. Oh man, that would be cool. But yeah, I, I could already hear myself swearing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Some other new stuff that's been in the works for a long time and finally is actually under development is uh, we're doing custom HUDs for the mechs, the aerospace, and the tanks. There will be a different one for each class. Um, that's something we've wanted to do for a while. We've had the concept art done for some time now. And, so uh, what does customizable mean? Well, not customizable as it is custom for each particular asset class. Oh, oh I see. Gotcha. So well, when you're cool. in a mech, your HUD, your HUD will be different than when you're in a tank versus being right. in an aerospace or VTOL. Very so, cool. You know, actually, we have a different HUD right now for BA. Um, we've also been giving some thought to actually making the BA HUD custom based on whether you're IS or CLAN. So, um, so they'll be looking different. But definitely, mechs, aerospace, and tanks are all going to have their own individual HUDs. And there's going to be a lot more detail on these now. Um, we spent a lot of conceptual time on these to make sure that we're going to include all the features that we wanted to have going forward. Things like internal damage, being able to reflect when your heat sinks are damaged, being able to more accurately reflect the various um, group fire and chain fire states for weapons, since you can do that for each individual weapon group now. Lots and lots of stuff. Um, now with the... I know they look awesome and uh, you know because I've seen them I'm really excited about them uh, are you are you able to say who helped sort of contribute toward that or is that uh, something we uh, got to keep under the wraps uh, I, to be honest I don't know at that point I think right now I'll keep that under wraps and once you see them I think you'll be able to figure out who did them though 
Yeah, yeah. He's uh, very, very talented. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, let's see, what else we're doing? Um, not really new asset, but one of the things that we've been working on for a while now is uh, we're going to do an LOD pass on almost every single asset in the game. Um, one of the things that we've had a complaint about for a long time with the game is that the impact effects for weapons don't work properly. We know this, and we know why this is doing this. Um, turns out the way Crisis does their LODs, there's um, five individual LODs um, for assets, and it, each one of the LODs actually has to have a material assigned to it. Can you explain real quick what an LOD is, if, I mean, if someone doesn't know? Uh, level of detail. Um, okay. Essentially, the idea is the closer that you are to an asset, the more detailed a model will be presented to the user in the game. So this is a way to improve performance at uh, longer distances. You'll be shown an LOD with less detail in it and it makes your game much more optimized to do it that way. So uh, we do have LODs for our assets, but they were not set up properly, at least not all of them were. So they need to have a specific material assigned to the LOD in order for the impact effect, uh, material effect lookup to occur properly within the Crisis Engine. We actually have to go back in, open up all the assets, do the material assignments, and then re-export all the LODs. It sounds simple, but it's actually quite a lot of work to make sure you don't actually screw things up. And I'd like up. to say, sort of, the whole point of him mentioning this, obviously what's really important is performance. I mean, uh, for those who don't know, it's it's Runoff Cry Engine 2, um, Crisis Wars, and Warhead. And the amount of visual just beauty, I mean, when you go in there, you set your graphics up, I mean, it, it's a stunning. Uh, but in doing so, especially with the view distance you guys have in the game, it's it's long. I mean, some of these maps are massive, so you have very, very long view distances. Well, anytime you have that, um, that puts more, uh, you know, draw, obviously, on the, you know, your, your processor and RAM and CPU and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, obviously with the LODs, what you guys are trying to do is just fix, you know, a little bit more performance and, you know, makes the gameplay a little bit more smoother and, and which basically helps everyone in the long run. Um, and I mean, right off the top of my head, what is Death Valley? It's, you know, it's a huge map. I mean, you can see from, you know, what, two, three kilometers in certain parts of the map just all the way across. So yeah, I would say it would definitely, definitely be really cool to see some of those LEDs uh, tightened up and whatnot. And you guys do a lot of uh, uh, tweaks here and there, and the hot fixes and some of your uh, releases that you guys do with your play testing as well. Am I correct? Uh, that's correct. With 5.4, we had a number of particle effects that were optimized, so we're trying to, we're always trying to keep performance in mind. Otherwise, the whole thing would come down collapsing around us. Definitely. So, um, you, you know, is there anything else that, you know, you'd like to, you know, mention as far as the, the game mechanics or gameplay that, you know, possibly changes in the, in the near future? Um, actually, one of the things I wanted to mention today was that um, we do actually read some of our community suggestions. Actually, we read them all. We take some of them on board and some of them we actually do implement. The one that we're actually going to be implementing is a uh, damping factor effect for screen shake based on tonnage and vehicle type. So um, that was suggested in our forums. We looked at that and uh, we decided that actually is worthwhile to do. Um, this should add a new dimension to the game, especially for taking things like a heavy or an assault when you're combating other assets that have um, missiles or uh, heavy artillery impact effect type 
items. That's my cat. He won't shut <laughs> up. So, um, yes, we'll be implementing that. So think, taking things like an Atlas or a Fafnir or a Blood Asp, uh, you will encounter less screen shake um, versus a light asset. So, you know, those those guys running around in the Mad Dog, a.k.a. Vultures, you know, the streaks just spamming you. Well, it won't affect the, the bigger assets as much. Uh, you know, obviously more tonnage, less shake. Is that sort of, that's the sort of premise. Correct. Also, the, the vehicle type. Um, for example, you've had the equivalent asset flying through the air and you got hit by the same number of missiles. You'll actually encounter more screen shake than maybe even a light mech would. So just because of the, the asset type. Nice. I like it. Uh, one other thing that just came to us recently, um, we're actually going to change the way that dual heat sinks are priced. So they're actually going to become more expensive, trying to make them much more of an opportunity cost for taking. Um, that will increase the price of certain assets a bit. So it'll no longer be just twice the uh, regular standard heat sink cost. And you guys are doing a lot of these things in the background, gearing up for you know the possibility of mech customization in the pod system and all, all that sort of. And I know you've talked about it in a previous article. Is that something that the, all these fixes are sort of geared towards? In for obviously, you got your goals throughout the project and, and you know deadlines and all that. And you know eventually you want to get to 1.0. And is this is this sort of leading up to that point for MWL? Yes. There's a huge push behind the scenes right now, which I guess I can talk a little bit about. Um, we are trying to codify absolutely all of our rules into uh, a unified set. One thing about working on a project that's been around for almost five years now is that there's a lot of little unknowns or quirks or custom pieces that got in at some point and no one knows why. So we've been trying to track all that down, the things that didn't make sense or were inconsistent and make them consistent or write rules to, uh, to govern the things like uh, what pods particular vehicles are going to be allowed, um, how many weapon spaces those pods will have when they're fitted on a particular um, asset. So, um, and another part of that is just coming up with a list of all of the pods that we are still outstanding. Um, one of the things that I personally want that we don't actually have in the game right now is a small quadrupod, the ability to mount four small weapons in a single pod. Uh, right now we're limited to three in a tripod. So that's going to be coming. Um, codified build, build rule set, I would like to say that it's done because I actually do feel like it's done. Um, it's still going through internal review. I'm defending it like a um, like a thesis, I guess would be the best way to explain it, in front of all of my peers in the, in the team. Um, which I know some of them are pretty ravenous when it comes to certain things, and so, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I hopped on actually a, a few nights ago and was playing, and uh, we actually had a few members of you know the community and whatnot. You know, they started getting on the server, and it was amazing to see. You know, one of them was like rolling around and harass harasser, and just you know, he's like, oh, I don't really understand, and just getting the people in there. And you start talking to them, and I think Darren, uh, what advice did do you usually give people when when they try this game out? You know, mm, I think uh, people's tendency when they first start playing is to just keep uh, charging out there right into the front lines and getting destroyed. You know, and <clears throat> it can be frustrating. It took me a while to realize, you know, that I needed to play more conservatively and hang back, hang behind the good players, watch them what they do, and 
um, if you learn to not die, you actually make uh, money a lot quicker and then can get the bigger max. Yeah, and if you haven't tried the latest release... Um, it's know, awesome. Love yeah, that Fafnir. It's like a freaking walking... I can't even <laughs> say tank, because it's not even a fucking tank. It's like... It, it, it's massive. It's like... Uh, it, uh, yeah. You know, for whatever reason, I fell in love with that uh, mech in uh, MW4, and so seeing it again and done this well, it was it's great. Well, I ran into a lot of asp as well, and you know, luckily the pilot who was piloting was a, I would say, a newer. Um, you know, <laughs> and luckily, I was able to take not as skilled a cockpit as you. shot. Yeah, yeah, not as skilled. I didn't want to say it, but you know. Well, you're the master at cockpit shots now. You know, you gotta. You gotta <laughs> well, Poor we new. could go off on that one. No one's owned the. No one owns the cockpit like Phelan. <laughs> the thing is, blood asp isn't even the heaviest clan asset there is. So that's something to be afraid of oh, yeah. most definitely i mean it's 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 awesome too because the the way you guys have balanced the game and uh you did hit on a few things that we've talked about in previous um you know with mwo you got the forms galore with you know suggestions and ideas and stuff but you guys have are you're, you're sort of a testament to where you've taken you know what's you've basically taken an idea rolled with it and had to come up with your own mechanics and gameplay and balance because just like you know i'm sure the mwo team you know, they've got a you can't just transfer some things from the, the tabletop it just doesn't work that way and so you know i'm really interested to see how your guys's mech lab you know, you know i know i i have a little bit of an insight you know um helping out the team when i can um but it, it's been an awesome thing watching the team and develop, and the game is just—it's gotten better and better and better. I mean, it's like a, yeah. I mean, it's the best mech game out there. Well, thank you. Zero five five's coming, guys. It's not that far off. Um, I'm trying to light a fire under everybody to get it, get their parts in, so that we can get this thing done. Because uh, we are aware of the harasser bug. Um, I can even tell you what that problem is. Um, we are resizing the harasser or were resizing the harasser. The actual model itself has been made smaller. Um, it was scaled down quite a bit. And uh, whenever you do that, you actually have to rescale all the hitboxes. Well, the hitboxes are defined in an XML file that goes that's, that actually describes the asset. And the model is a separate file. So <clears throat> when we got 5.4 um, rolled out, um, the XML went out with the hitbox resize scaling but the asset didn't go out. So um, what you're experiencing right now is the uh, hitboxes for a much smaller harasser being applied to the large model, which means that some of them are actually not accessible. So Jeez. we're aware of that problem. We're trying to get it resolved. And there's a couple of little bugs that are going to be fixed as well. And then on top of that, we are going to do a reprice on the uh, Fafnir and Blood Asps. They are going to be significantly more expensive than they are right now. Awesome. Well, hey guys, like uh, Lear said, 5.5, it's coming soon. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, obviously check out forms. If you know, you're know you one of those environmental gurus, help out the team. They need it. You need it. Um, you know, uh, I will say that I know some of the members, uh, the original foundings, Criminal and some of the other ones, I mean, they, they were, they work in the industry now and, you know, and some of the guys. So it's a good, I would say, you can help yourself by helping the team. Also, I think as far as playing it, isn't uh, Crisis Wars really inexpensive on Steam right now? It was just like um, five bucks. Comes down it? to five dollars fairly regularly. Yeah, so so if you haven't tried the game, uh, it's it's 
cheap on Steam and then go to mechlivinglegends.net. It's a great game. All right, so we're going to be moving on, and, and Lear does have to bounce. Uh, I don't know when he's going to do it, but you know he'll he'll let us know when he, he's leaving. And so we're going to move on to uh, the MechWare Online. Um, obviously, we weren't able to record during the holiday. We apologize, but you know, real life comes first, and uh, you know, you know. Well, until you know, it is what it is. So uh, again, just want to hit up. Uh, make sure you guys are updating the wiki. Um, and one of the big things right now is vote for MWO uh, at IGN. And there's a link. It's on the forums. Um, what, what game are we trying to trump here? What is it? Something Dota? Dota 2. Yes. And I don't know. I'm, I, I've on, heard Mac what the game is like. But yeah, uh, let, let, let's, let's push forward. Let's show so our last, strength. Last week's uh, release, The Catapult. Again. Um, it, it's like sex on two backward canned bird legs, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I was never a fan of the catapult. I didn't really like the design so much, and you know, LRMs have their severe drawbacks uh, in the tabletop game, which is you know where I really got into BattleTech and. When I transitioned into the gaming thing, obviously I wanted to play all the favorite mechs that I played on the tabletop. Catapult was not one of them. However, <laughs> that being this said. art makes me reconsider because it looks absolutely badass. Hell yeah. And, and you know, uh, Lear, uh, you've, been, you've been involved with the MechWare community for a while. Are you, are you following some of the, the art and media release and stuff like that as well? I am. I see a lot of uh, flying debris hand on just about everything over there, which is always nice to see. One of our, you know, guys moving on into new and different things. And you know, it's one of those things. I actually, uh, I was away, obviously, you know, a holiday, and um, I snuck on to you know the computer while my girl was watching, you know, like uh, TV or whatever. And next thing you know, life. No bones. She's addicted to bones. <laughs> so I got her to like season five and so anyway, she she like comes out walking and I'm like on the computer, whatever. I get like the total stink eye and I'm listening to like the three moves ahead podcast or whatever. I was like, okay, well I'll give it like ten more minutes so that I gotta get off here. But um, again, another mech that's been I, I think me personally doesn't look it. It holds the same familiarity as the catapult. Like when you look at it, you know it's the catapult. But it doesn't have that sort of bulbous round. There's a lot of uh, angles um, and just, you know, if, if, you know. It looks less ponderous, I would say. Maneuverable. Like the, the old cat model, it had like real thick legs, a real kind of not a spherical cockpit if you looked at it straight on, but then it was also sort of elongated and bulbous, like a giant egg. And then the missile pods are just sort of sticking out there like big boxes. It looked ungainly and ugly. This thing looks aggressive. The cockpit still has that same shape, but it looks smaller, tighter, uh, more angular, like you said. The missile pods, are, I think, are a bit smaller, and they're also tighter to the frame. So the whole thing looks much more aggressive, much more in your face. I think it, the design really conveys density. You know, you look at a tank and you just feel like that thing is solid, whereas some of the original designs of some mechs, you look at it and it just 
feels much more frail than it should. Yeah, it definitely adds a lot of, I would say, character, you know, uh, almost to it. You know, when you're, when you're going to see these, and, you know, the cool thing is they do the little role play on it, you know, uh, you know, pilot mech warriors, you know, test them out, give them their feedback. But uh, definitely excited about the catapult. Um, it's awesome, you know, obviously for those who follow, it's a support mech. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, we're looking forward to more. Um, so flying to breeze. Yes, yes, awesome. Yet again, you blew our minds. So um, let's move on now to the three moves ahead podcast that I mentioned. Now, um, this was, uh, I'm actually glad they did this instead of um, um, what I would call a wall of text. Uh, I like, uh, I'd rather hear someone's voice and hear their pitch tone and just character than, you know, reading. And this was uh, um, between. Let's see, it was Randall, Bills, um, Brian, uh, who else did we have? Right off the top, man, I can't even, it's, hold on, um, Russ, uh, Brian, Randall, Bills, and uh, the host, Rob. Um, and just some pointers out of it. The one thing I will, uh, I think that sort of popped my interest out, out of the whole thing was they did say the clans, and they basically said that players will be eventually be able to play the clans so you know all those you know clanners out there um you know don't be afraid you won't have to be an inner scare you know uh puppet for much longer but um did you guys get anything else out of the the interview as far as uh, there's a few other things we can touch on but well regarding playing clans uh what are your plans now you know, um, um, no, I'm I'm gonna stay true. I I think it'll be fun being a Merkur, and uh, uh, I'm gonna talk to Greg, and we're we're gonna conspire, and, and we're gonna see what we can. What Would we this can be a good time to unveil Sean Lang? I, I you know, why'd you have to go there so soon? I don't I know. Think <laughs> did. I don't know if I was ready. Oh, for it, oops. But, you know, um, <laughs> officially. I will be moving away from, uh, you know, as as Greg calls it, flangical, um, and I'll be moving to my uh, uh, my porn name. I mean, uh, my uh, alias, which would be Sean Lang, which is my middle name and the four last digits of my. But last we just uh, we just call him Schlang for short, and you're all welcome to do that as well. Yes, yes, the Slanginator will be out on the right up, field. right next to uh, Hungwell and <laughs> Long Wang and enormous genitals. I mean, it would it be funny if I was in Yen Way? I mean, you know, the slang is... You know, <laughs> slang and Yen it dies. Ye old wang, ye long wang, you can do so much with them. Well, th Moving basically, they, they, they talked about, and it was really cool hearing from Randall's perspective of, uh, and, you know, Lear, uh, if you didn't listen to it, it's really okay, because it basically talked about how from the tabletop perspective, them introducing... You know, I mean, from 3015 all the way to 3067, there was actually a wide variety of assets, mechs, equipment, I mean, you name it, that were introduced. And he basically said how difficult it was in introducing new things and not it, and not have it basically turn something, uh, you know, void. You know, basically, you know, why would I take this mech or weapon because we got this new, you know, toy? And I mean, and you guys have faced that in development of MWL, have you not? Just sort of, you know, when you when you whether it's bringing a new mech, like you know the 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 systems or weapons and whatnot. I mean, 
It's not easy, is it? It's not easy. We always we try and make our asset selections based on roles we want to fill. You know, we, we have a certain number of medium mechs that we want to fill for both sides. But at the same time, we don't want to pick mechs that are just interesting looking. We actually want to be able to pick mechs that are going to fulfill a particular role within that weight class. So that is part of our selection criteria for filling assets. Yeah, and yeah, it was really cool just hearing you know him talk, uh, and then then what would happen is Russ and Brian would you know pop in and, and talk about how like they 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 ran into the same sort of difficulties, but you know they found solutions doing it a particular way or you know coming up with different things, and the gist out of it I got was they decided to do MWO as a new interpretation of MechWarrior and they didn't use the old iterations as like a foundation and I thought that was a really good idea um, because I mean we've talked in length about you know the differences between Mech 2, Mech 3, Mech 4 and you know what you know would they follow something would they create their own sort of system and then the last thing um, that I got out of the podcast and they sort of hinted at this and actually, one of our, our uh, buddies uh, pointed this out is they sort of hinted at being able to participate in like historic uh, battles in the inner, you know, in, in basically the history as it unfolds. And, you know, I think one of them basically was like, uh, well, you know, I better I better shut up about that. And so, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of cool things, you know, out there, you know, coming out and, uh, you know, we're just going to follow it and. You know, bring the news to you guys and see what you guys think and you know get some different perspectives and stuff and so uh you know obviously this is a little bit longer podcast uh you know and luckily we're able to get uh, Lear on here and maybe we can get him on another time but uh we're gonna move to today's release now i don't know where to start information war- basically the information warfare was uh, uh that they made four bullets knowing where your enemy is Knowing the status of your enemy, understanding your enemy's intentions, sharing information between units. And the first thing they talked about was the battle grid. Now, what did you guys think about this? Because we've had a lot of speculation on the forums. What did, what did you read out of this and what did you get out of the battle grid? This was one of the aspects of the game that I was most interested in seeing which direction they go with it. Because uh, it was a very new concept to be including in Battletech or MechWarrior. And there are rules in the Battletech tabletop for sort of uh, fog of war kind of stuff. But uh, for the most part, when they translated it into the computer game, that was pretty much gone, right? I mean, you could tell relatively easily where everything was on your mini-map. Your radar was usually pretty good. There might be occasional things which which hit through some sort of mission-specific thing, but for the most part, you could tell where people were. Mech Commander adjusts this slightly. They had a... You could tell where something was, but you had to be closer, have better sensors to tell what it was. Like whether it was a mech or a tank. That's really the closest it ever came. So this seems much more engaging and much more dynamic. I like what they're doing with it. I think the battle grid is somewhat necessary to make everything else work. I am looking forward to the spoofs. Uh... Beacons that send out false target signatures. I could imagine having a lot of fun with that, especially if they're very convincing. Bait people out by uh, having their scouts report, you know, a unit over in this thing, and they 
leave their hiding spot or whatever defensive position they have to go engage it, and you maybe reoccupy that space when they leave or cut them off or you could do a lot of fun stuff with that i mean there's yeah i mean there's a ton of options i mean imagine you have eyes on the enemy they don't have eyes on you and you know pinging you know maybe you're there uh you know left or right flank and you ping some decoys behind them and you know they think they're getting flanked and next thing you know you're on their flank i mean there's a there's a ton of options there. Yeah, what I like is that it's pretty detailed. I mean, they really covered all the different options as far as, uh, you know, all the different uh, detection on the battlefield. And then I like all the countermeasures as well. I, You know, I think basically every battle there will be either a lot happening or there's options where, you know, there's going to be a unit out there that's completely blind. And I think it just offers a lot of uh, possibilities. I like it. Now, they basically said it's an extension of your HUD, and I think uh, the first thing is it says it's a scalable battlefield top-down map. And, you know, we talked about this as if you're commanding the units or whatnot. Is this going to take away your view? You know, is this a tool that takes away your attention and your eyes literally from what's going around you? And so you have to utilize your, you know, your, your lance and them talking to you, letting you know that you're covered, you know, while you, you know, uh, give the orders. And, I mean, they, they say, you know, waypoints being able to plug i mean just like mech commander and now there's another game that and and Lear, you're gonna love what i'm about to say because i know you're a huge fan chrome hounds are you seeing i mean what i'm what i'm seeing is a lot of the what made chrome hounds really popular um for gameplay and yeah it was 360 and whatnot but and i know you're a fan of a fan of chrome hounds and you've got the experience i never played it but was this utilized in Chrome Hounds? Actually, I think you might be confusing me with somebody else. Um, <laughs> my my uh, my history is more still battalion line of contact. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, well, maybe it's. But I am right. familiar with Chrome Hounds, and uh, there is a lot of this sort of, uh, mod, I guess what they're calling modules, the the part customization where you can actually put together you know, your optimal design. So I mean, I think what they've done is they've realized you know what's fun in a mech game and then what they've also realized it's what's worked in the other iterations as well and if it's uh, you know they've, they've taken little bits here and there but being able to see friendly unit enemy markers support units and orders it, it just i think it's just another thing that's kind of bring that sort of immersion that you know you can actually play the commander or you know maybe you don't want to be the commander you just want to be the grunt and follow orders and uh you know they also mentioned you get rewarded for fulfilling orders. You know, when you read the books and, and they look down at their uh, readouts or whatever, you know their eyes are off the battlefield, and I kind of hope that that's the way this turns out. I like that idea. Um, you know, it's just more realistic, and I like all the details. The more details, the better for me. Well, from the way they phrase it, um, a combination of command center and dynamic battlefield usable by players during gameplay. That somewhat suggests that it may be a combination of, I mean, like still that minimap radar concept that was in a lot of other games, in that you can look at it quickly and get a sense of things, but I'm hoping that it's something that you can, because it says scalable, that it's perhaps expandable or there's some way to, because there's going to be a lot of information on it from the look of things, and while yeah. a click quick glance might be useful for the grunts for the commander he's probably going to want a more detailed and larger scale view that just wouldn't be possible in a tiny 
three four inch display or however big it is so mm, hopefully yeah. it's like a big and small version where you can double click it or interact with it in some way and it goes from maybe the corner of your screen and fills up your hud perhaps blocking off what you would normally be able to see and requiring some protection Darren, were you about to say something, I think? Yeah, well, Scalem to me suggests like some kind of overlay that, that's typical in the mech games, and um, at the top-down map suggests otherwise, so I guess we'll just have to wait to see, you know, what more detail they bring out on that. And, you know, I do like the idea that, you know, if you are commanding, you, you do want more information totally. you know, right there in front of you, and so... Uh, yeah, let, let, let's move on. You know, we could talk about. Uh, there's a ton of things you could even bring up, even stuff. Let's talk about have, the modules. I do have one, th one quick thing, and I, I want no to get then. people's read no on this. Then. No, because <laughs> <laughs> this is like something that you just said it, so it got me thinking about it, and now it's really on my mind. Is it going to be possible? Now they've said it's that all, all targeting information is now line of sight. But is it going to be possible if you can see someone? that they don't get to see you or don't get as much information about you as you get about them using ECM or some other combination Or if you're just factors. standing behind them. And, and I think we'll, right. we'll hit on that because when we get down to the detection area, because I, I have a few... Anyways, keep that thought and let's talk about it in just a second. All right. Because I think uh, we can dive into that. So let's, let's, let's dive into a new sort of concept here and it's called modules. Yeah, crazy. Um... And they, now they said this, but they didn't make it specific. They didn't say this was um, just electronic, you know, gear. They didn't say if it was weapons, armor. They didn't say anything. So we really don't know. All it said is uh, they needed a level, a new layer of customization. And so basically they came up with modules and it allows players to customize their battle mech with functionality. But they didn't say what functionality. We don't know. It's sort of like a, they, they here's something shiny, guys. Vague. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't say. And then having to deal with existing slots and tonnage rules. And so basically, you know, if you're a CVT player, you've got all the rules and regulations. So, and then it said each battle mech will come with mo it with module board. Players can insert modules of their choice, provided they have space. Each module adds a layer of functionality. Modules are linked to the pilot tree or unlocked by training various skills. Modules are a very important part of the role warfare, and that'll be talked about. But at no point in time, I, am I just reading it that they didn't say weapons? They didn't. Say, I mean, I was like, oh, you're just like leaving me hanging, guys. I mean, what did... You know, when I first read that, for some reason, just to me, it said... Uh... You know, equipment only, and not weapons. But you know, reading it again and again, it, yeah, this it's pretty vague. Please just don't let it be three layers, and then all these different modules that you can put in the layers. And oh god, not again. <laughs> <laughs> we heard you like cake, so we put a cake in your cake. You know. Um, so I you mean, can, you can do armor tanking, which is like the one layer, and then you can do like endoskeleton <laughs> tanking, which is the other layer. And one of them naturally recharges, and like there's, and it has heat and capacitor, and like oh god. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Please, and, and just that's, make it that's for the electronics. The I don't want to do it. They basically, heat. you know, they basically said modules, but they didn't say equipment modules or weapon right. modules. And, uh, you know, uh, Lear, I mean, you have a good point you just brought up. I mean, you know, you wanna you wanna hit on that real quick. 
Um, well, I was just wondering if the modules will be individually damaged or destroyed, um, and that they could be targeted as such. If you, you know, if you encountered an enemy that actually had modules fitted, would they be visually different on the battlefield so you would know to target them, and would you actually be able to shoot those modules? Yeah, Good and, question. And we've talked about, you know, as far as creating art assets, I mean, each mech would have to have, I mean, there's a plethora of stuff out there, and we just don't know. I mean, I think it'd be really cool for, and, you know, that we've talked about this before in last, uh, last podcast, uh, can modules, you know, if weapons are modules, can they be shot off? Can your radar get shot off? We don't know. So devs and the community, uh, you know, we challenge you, give us your ideas, I mean, thoughts, opinions, uh, you know. Um, now, this next part was really cool, and actually, Darren, you, the, when you hopped on this morning, he was still like, uh, coffee, uh. Mm -hmm. uh the first thing you said was uh, something about targeting, and, um, I, you know, so, line of sight. Um, line of did, sight and detection, yes. Yes, and so target information is now exclusively the line of sight, detection, um, you know, the acronym, um, simply put, if you or a teammate um, or support unit can't directly see or detect a target using a module, that target is invisible. Um, so basically, it's sort of real real world. I mean, right? If, if, if I'm on this side of the mountain and you're on the other side, I, I don't get any information about you. If you're on the other side of the building and nobody sees you, no one knows you're there, right? Um, this, you know, uh, and then they said target information decays rapidly. This means if you lose line of sight, you will lose knowledge that the target's position and current status. The one thing that pops in my mind right when I think about this is you're in an urban environment. You see it hunchback. He appears in front of you. Next thing you know, he dodges off left, you know, behind a building. Your targeting information just came up, but then it just fades away. Boom, you lose him. Next thing you know, you get shot in the back, right? Or on your face. Um, I could just imagine like you seeing maybe it pass through a gap between two buildings. You rush your mech up to try to get him. You'd make a turn. He's not there, and then he just comes over your side and hits you from behind with the autocannon, just carves right through you. And, you know, it goes on to say, details about targets are not inclusive, and is now layered based on the type of modules and battle mech you are piloting. So right there, th they say battle mech. That means battle mechs affect your, um, you know, your radar and stuff. It seems like those, maybe certain mechs, obviously light mechs possibly, have more of... Yep. Uh, Equipment. Scout mix. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like the Raven, the Mongoose, things like that will probably have that role. Probably some sort of inherent bonus or uh, maybe more options to fit modules, things like that. Or my uh, customized Scout Atlas. Yeah, oh, on your Lyran? <laughs> I should think that some assets probably come with certain modules pre-fitted. So there's one yep. idea. Isn't the Raven chassis built around the GCM module? I mean, wasn't it quite yeah. large, supposedly? And you know, our, um, and they do mention C3 uh, master and slave units in the next line. And so, right off the bat, now we've got line of sight. And, and this is one thing that has been a problem, and they mentioned it, is, you know, if you got a... Especially with the old iterations of the games, uh, they didn't have a ton of environmental assets. I mean, the technology wasn't there. There was a lot of flat space. I mean, you could literally see people coming forever. Now you throw into a realistic environment, and if you don't have line of sight, if you can't see your enemies, you know, and so 
let's move on to the next and, and get back to Greg's um, answer question. Um, and it, it was detection. So how do you gather line of sight uh, and detection information? There are several ways. There's direct, basically using your eyes, you can see the target directly. There's radar. Your radar can detect target in a predetermined arc. Now, let's talk about this. We've talked about radar. Most radar in most mech games so far has been basically, um, hey, I've got a thousand uh, meters radius on my radar. Anything within that, I can see, right? It doesn't matter if it's behind you, in front of you, sight. It, it doesn't matter from the from the radius and you know around you. What I read in this is an arc means. If you're standing there and you're acting like you're the battle mech and you, you just sort of put, you know, a sort of like a flashlight from your chest outwards, that's the arc that your radar, it's sort of like your line of sight, right? Like 90 degrees or something, you know, 180, you know what I'm saying? And if you're moving or facing your mech in another direction, then maybe your radar doesn't work. Or maybe there's different mechs that have different types of radar as well. Yeah, you know, it enables stealth operations and I like that. And then you've got satellite scan, um, UAVs, which, you know, they demoed in their pitch, you know, video. Detectors, what Alex was talking about. And then units. Now, this was interesting because they said units. They said any non-battle mech present on the battlefield. So does that mean vehicles like tanks or like an HQ or... Yeah, I think if you call in support like an airstrike or something like that, and maybe when they're flying overhead, what they see is what you see. Maybe something along those lines. So let's dive into uh, Greg's question. Greg, you were wondering if if I can see you. Maybe I'm sort of just, you know, I've poked the cockpit, uh, you know, right over the ridge, and I can see you. you. You're you're not looking at me, or maybe you're facing the other direction. I think from what this says right here for the predetermined, they're not going to have any awareness of you. Uh, you know, unless they have one of those, uh, maybe a light mech that has, you know, really really good sensor. I don't think I think you're going to be able to sneak up right behind them and you know boom right up in right up in their grill. Knife them like BFB. You know. Well, how would that work? I mean, direct. That seems pretty straightforward. You know, you can see what you can see. So if you can see like part of the mech, is it going to like pop a targeting option for you, or what's the UI going to be there? And radar, the way I read it, predetermined dark. It sounds to me like that's how they're going to handle what's behind you, what's off what's off directly in front of your cockpit or what you can visually see by panning your head around. Exactly. So if I'm looking in one direction and you're behind me, I don't see you directly. And maybe, maybe okay, line of sight directly. Uh, remember, too, in the Hunchback, you have a very limited view. Um, maybe instead of just that small, you know, 45-degree view, your radar picks up around, you know, 90 or, you know, something around those lines. Um, and you know, being able to flank units, I don't, I don't think someone would, and I think that's what they're getting at, and that's why they, they've said you want to have light mech on your team, and if you don't, bad things are going to happen to you. And uh, very, very excited about that. I mean, yeah. yeah, I hope that's fulfilled. It seems like, I even if it's you can see them instantly as soon as they're within your line of sight or as soon as they come on your radar. It still makes a pretty strong case for light mechs, because I would imagine the light mechs are going to have better range on the radar. They're probably going to have more of these modules, 
built in or more slots for them for more customization. And it sounds like that if you don't have that scout role fulfilled, if you're just sort of plodding along, you're pretty much inviting the enemy to strike you at the time, place, and angle of their choosing, and probably disengage after you figure it out and then do it again, because you're not going to have any idea what's going on, especially in some kind of urban environment or a jungle scenario. Man, you're going to get ripped apart. I come. I, I just sort of the the image of like, like almost like ninjas. Like you know, you're walking through these you know like buildings, and they hit you. And you know, imagine a. And actually, this has happened in MWLL. Um, there was an urban map. Uh, gosh, what was that map called? Um, the community made. Um, Wasn't it urban jungle? jungle? Urban jungle. Uh, yeah, and I remember there was uh, individuals in the Owens and. I mean, full speed, and they would, you know, go between a gap and a building, take a pop shot, and they're gone, and they're running passive, and you have no idea where they're going. I mean, that was such a massive map. It, I, I almost imagine that happening on a regular scale, and, you know, it, it just adds a whole nother, um, you know, as far as immersion and knowing where you are. Yeah, uh, situational awareness. I mean, God, they used to harp on us so much uh you know during our tank training or when we got to the fleet or we especially when you're deployed and going through training is know what the hell's around you know what's going on because i would imagine that that would be one of the most important things in a modern battle yeah yeah it is yeah. and to see that you know it brought into the game i'll i'll love that you know the more strategy the better um, just sort of a, a crazy thing, you know. Imagine being able to do formations and whatnot, and I think a lot of that. Uh, mm. Mm. Anyways, let's move on because this, this one's going to be long. Uh, we've got detection modes, um, and this is actually really cool. Uh, each type of detection device may also have different primary and secondary modes of detection as follows. So, obviously, you've got night vision, been done, we all know it. Now, granted, the technology now, especially uh, you know, with the latest engines, it looks amazing. Thermal vision, which BF3 has thermal optics uh, per se, but and then here's the number, I would say the coolest thing, which we have never ever seen before. Mag uh, it says magnetometer uh, assisted, so basically, uh, you know, like a magnet scan. At least that's sort of how I, I took it. Yeah. And um, if exactly you don't know right. what that is, we've never is, seen it. And it, if you've never read the novels. I mean, if you have read the novels, everyone knows what this is. It was such a huge deal in the Battletech universe to have this capability. I think it was in every novel of the Clan trilogy and like a whole bunch after that. Like, it was just a, that's how they did it when you were in an urban environment or when you were trying to find a hidden mech. You either look for the Heath signature or you look for the big ass pile of iron and nickel and whatever else the hell they're made out of. Yeah, Gee, yeah. That's probably where they are, if that's the only thing around. So, you know, all these tools you had in the novels, I mean, they could switch between these different viewing, you know, and whatnot. And, you know, just like you said, if you've ever, even in today's uh, technology with thermal, if everything is cold, like freezing cold, uh, even a mech, even as a giant heat source, I mean, outside, it, if you can't see on thermals, I mean, you're pretty much blind with thermals. And uh, so you just have to use your eyes. Well, you know, Magnuscan was basically, you know, the... The, the fix for that and there was actually a few others um, I think and uh, you know I mean 
what would be like the programming for this? I mean, would it be a lot of stuff there, Lear? I mean, uh, you know, how much of a pain in the ass, I guess, would this sort of undertaking be for those guys? Um, I would imagine they would need to do a shader for every type of vision that they wanted to do, which would be um, quite a lot of programming on their part. I, like I said, I would not envy them that at all. So my hat is off to them for even considering it. That's going to be quite a thing. It'll be cool to see something new. Yeah, most most definitely. I mean, I, I remember reading in the novels that it was the Draconis Combined Unit, and uh, they're basically flying... I think they're fighting the Smoked Jaguars, and they started using tactics. And they basically... They chose the venue, an area, which was a swamp, and they basically... Did you guys remember this? I forgot what novel it was, but yep. they... That's the second one, I think. They got tinsel, like metal tinsel, foil right. and everything, and they spread it everywhere. And and they had their mechs hidden, like under the water and some, you know, hidden stuff. And they basically said, "Okay, we fight here. Bring it." Yeah, and that was awesome. The the commander, uh, the clan commander, basically said, "All right, hey, I got us in this mess. Land, you know, star, move forward." They all freaking died, and you know, guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. You cool. know. Pits and, being dug under the water, and you know the mechs just disappear and shit. I remember the novel before that with the pretty much the debut of the elementals. That was that whole scene took place in the magnetic assisted vision or whatever they called it, and it was cool. Like he would see like this moving piece of metal and this other clump of metal. He shot it, and it's like, oh, I must have hit a girder because it's still alive. Yeah. But wait a minute, they're all still alive. Guess better upgrade to my uh, small laser or whatever it was. Gee, it's still alive. <laughs> Can't be right. The, yeah, I mean, it, the different viewing modes. Um, like I said, uh, we we also know that they've said there's four different map types. Um, you know, and so some of these maps may be completely blacked out. You know, maybe it's one of those where it's you know night fighting colds you know and you have to utilize these different skills and maybe when you are utilizing you know th th there's a there's a gain and a and a minus to it and um let's let's move on to the last thing um is disruption and spoofing and which was actually sort of unique and they basically this looks said fun you know detecting and tracking um they needed something to counterbalance that players could equip and they basically said using the modular system we're going to allow players to equip ECM. Now, things that pop in my mind is before they had mechs that actually had ECM equipped, they actually had vehicles. Uh, Great Death Legion, they had them uh, used against them uh, uh, pretty much in every novel except the Furry Thunder Rift. Uh, but spoofers, be beacons that send out a false target signature, disruptors, disruptor block modes, communication, target ac acquisition, and locks. So, and then surveillance allows players to intercept and decode enemy intel. Um, so right off the bat, that would say maybe not just voice commands. Maybe um, you can like intercept what the enemy commander is telling their units to do. You know, as far as the hey, go here, and they point and click on the screen. Maybe the, the enemies will be getting that info. When um, I read that, I saw waypoints flash clearly in my mind. Like yeah. see what the enemy waypoints are, and maybe see. The locations of their scouts or what information the scouts are relaying back so you can then find the scouts based on that yeah the spoofers i thought was sort of interesting because false target signatures and maybe 
you know, we, we don't have any information as far as equipment is if there's going to be tiers or if there's going to be stuff that does, you know, the better job, but it's more expensive. We really don't know yet, but you know, you, this, sorry to interrupt. You know, what this makes me wonder is the level of detail that's beginning going to be going into the matches, you know, like how much time are you going to have before you're engaging the enemy? You're going to have time to set up spoofers, you know, somewhere far away, or is it just going to be like release one and it's going off in another direction or something? You know, there's a lot of options here and I, I and I like the idea of how much, how many levels of detail they're going in here. I was going to say, can you imagine the locust with one of these spoofing beacons? And it oh, just, it's running around. That's the whole point is just run around. I mean, and so you could be that enemy and you just, you know, bleep, you know, these little... Like a 50-2 in tanks. <sighs> just, what were you about to say, Greg? Yeah, based on that, like, <laughs> could you imagine if the, the spoof allowed you to, like, mask your signature so your locust is running around in a city telling the enemy it's an atlas? Keeps moving around. Oh, well, there's an atlas in front of us. No, it's behind us. How many One atlases do they have? Atlas. The Lyrans are invading the Lyrans. <laughs> with the scout lines. What I was saying, like, you you might know this for sure, but I'm. I remember they said something about the match length was going to be around 20 minutes. I think they right? said it, it, would, it would take up to. Now, I we don't know if it's going to be a timer or not. Or, you know, they just generally. Like World of Tanks. Uh, there is a timer that sort of, sort of forces your hand to play, you know, but they didn't say that, and so they said average time of a match. So, ah. with competitive play, that may go higher. That may, you know, depending maybe on the map too, uh, it, you know, you could force someone's hand relatively quickly, and um, the, we could get into a whole lot of things like, you know, destruction and, you know, taking care of your mechs and your you know your guys and not wanting to Leroy and stuff like that um. I think it's worth mentioning that the more stiff of a death penalty is enforced here the more interesting this warfare this information warfare is going to be right if yeah. the stakes are high and one mistake could cost you big time it's going to really put a lot of value on these scouts and on this deception stuff because it's going to be a big advantage going into a fight. But if the fight doesn't really matter, you might be more inclined to just get to the fun shooting part and not spend as much time carefully moving around and positioning scouts and trying to figure out what the enemy is doing. You might just charge in there for a good fight. So it's like, like a, a chess match. You don't want to just do something stupid. You're going to take your time and sort of wait because especially because what you think you see may not be reality and that's where the spoofing comes into play but like i said if, it, if it's not going to matter you could just charge at everything you see and you know if you wipe eh, oh well you just play another game right yeah so well let's move on that was dev blog too now um, the uh, Q&A three questions, that means you, yes, you, the community, obviously, if you're listening, uh, you probably already know, but you get to go in there and, and ask the devs questions, uh, and there's like a rubric they have up top. Um, very, very cool. Go do it. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool um, to see them actually list, you know, hey, this is such and such question, blah, blah, blah. Here's the direct, uh, you know, um, answer. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm trying to get in contact with the devs and, and do possibly a live, uh, you know, recording a podcast just like we're doing right now. And uh, I'm going to try my best, guys. You know, sort of wish me luck. 
lend me your ears. But let's uh, let's move on to stuff that we saw the devs post. And I'd like to thank he actually he's cut out, but Brandon here, dude's on the forums. I mean, I wake up and I make a post. And he, he's like a ninja, but he's saw a few things. Brian stated that they're gonna give you a number. The question was for the uneducated among us, me included, obviously, what is P2P matchmaking? And he says, we give you a number of selections to make, map, mode, num, num, number of players, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we match you against other players looking for the same setup. The lobby server is created and the matched players are connected to each other. That actually answers a lot what we were, we were wondering how that, you know, worked. Mm-hmm. And if I would say that's that's it's a step above World of Tanks, and you know that you actually get to sort of pick what you want to do, and then it matches you up. And uh, yeah, I would say it may take thirty seconds or whatever, or maybe twenty, depending on me. And this is all depending on how many people are playing. Boom, you get dropped into the match. I mean, not long of a wait at all. And so, well, there there's something else behind that. I mean, they've talked a lot about environment specific planets or environment-specific maps, how is that going to work? Like, if you're playing a competitive match, are you going to be able to, like, just sit in these queues and wait till maybe, the other maybe guy this wants to do what you want to do? Or are all options going to be available on all planets? Well, I don't think this... Possibly this might be one of those things that it doesn't affect the planetary outcome. You know, it, it's one of those that... You just hop in, you, you maybe you grab a few buddies, and you pick your stuff, boom, 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 and you drop, and it's just fun. You get, you know, C-bills for, you know, doing whatever. Um, maybe you get some experience, but maybe it doesn't affect necessarily. And that's something we don't know, and uh, it does say mode. So mode would refer to, you know, king the hill, capture the flag, you know, team deathmatch, team attrition, still, you know, still the bay. I mean, all those uh, dodgeball with mechs, you know, stuff like that. They haven't really been specific, but that's what I sort of get is that maybe there will be a option for players just to play and have fun because you know what I'm saying, and, and it doesn't affect the course of what's going on with the PvP and controlling uh, areas. Next one we found, and Brian talks about really quick, and he says, watching mechs running around shooting each other is freaking cool, and. I, I don't know what exactly thread um, this was, but you know, obviously they they probably got a good uh, alpha build or whatnot uh, going in uh, progress. So he's enjoying it. And the next one is for IGN, the, the voting thread. Brian basically said, "Hey, let's let's get as many people can, and we'll release a uh, uh, new mech. We haven't been rewarded with a new mech as far as a pitcher." But they did release a new concept art, and it's basically an atlas in this, like, this rift. I would almost say thunder rift, almost. I mean, would it be too cliche saying that? If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. But anyways, before we move on, King Lear, um, I want to thank you for being on the show. And, you know, it's awesome what you guys have done. I'm looking forward to just keep playing it and playing it and playing it. So, uh, you know, is there any last things you, you'd like to say to the community out there? Um, not, off, not well. I would say we enjoy 
having everyone continue to enjoy what we're doing. Um, we do it because of the community. So thank you for everyone, especially for all the votes. We got mod of the year again, so thank you for that. And uh, I do apologize for having to run. I've, I've got a prior engagement here. I've got to go and do. So thank you for having me on your show. Well, I'll come back some and visit sometime. Yeah, we should for sure get you back here uh, after 5.5. I'd love to hear from your mouth what the uh, what it's going to bring. As soon as I can share more, I will. So I'll be back to, to give you guys more of an inside scoop. Sounds good, uh, Laren. I'll, I'll stay in contact. And again, we appreciate all the hard work and you know stress and everything we the community put on you and so we, we do enjoy the, uh, the result all right thank you all you guys have a good evening you too man all right so we're gonna be moving on like i said check out that uh, it's basically an atlas almost like in a thunder rift like glacier yeah. setup what do you think thunder rift i don't you know i don't i don't know i mean it it's a rift um <laughs> it's pretty cool looking that's for sure it is definitely, it's almost like, uh, I think someone said like the Lynch King sort of coloring scheme yeah. with an atlas. Um, and then let's see, Russ, now it, it was asked if uh, about E3 um, and from Russ himself, uh, he said E3 is certainly in our plans. Uh, remember, we are also, we also have a publisher, so don't need uh, read too much into not seeing us on that list. Uh, we plan to be very active in trade uh, show season in 2012. Um, so obviously more to come. And I'm stoked because the closer we get to release, the more info and goodies we get. And the more infos and goodies we get as far as in-game footage, videos, and all that gives them more exposure, which therefore translates into the community being bigger. And uh, I'm stoked. I'd, 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 where is E3 as, as far as like... Uh, Vegas. Is it? Okay, I'm nowhere near Vegas, so that ain't happening. It coincides with another, uh, yeah. So, uh, did you touch on IGN again? If you didn't, I think we need to... Yeah, definitely. Uh, IGN, it's a voting thread. Uh, it's in the general discussion. Um, Please post your vote, because I want to see a new mech. Yes. Don't make us wait. Don't make us suffer. And the, the amount of listeners we have and the amount of the community, go out in there, do that. Don't... I think they have like a few thousand more whatever <laughs> if, if everyone goes we've got most, the numbers man you know the next uh thing that uh brandon spotted was from russ uh and it was uh let's see basically it, it was oh this thread was uh about the catapult and he said you know uh won't be too long before you see something beyond concept uh, and he said, for now, hope you guys enjoy the images as much as we do. So... Mm, too long. I don't... What, what does that mean? <laughs> it's, it's like, just the tip. Can we just... Uh, honey, yeah, sweet, no, sweetie, uh, just the tip? tip? Just the tip? <laughs> <laughs> How hard is it to poach a goddamn egg? Oh, God. So... <laughs> oh, jeez. It's been good. All right, so Whew. we're going to... We're going to move on to the forum questions. Now, we got a lot of questions, and uh, we're going to try to get through them as quickly, but uh, with some quality. And the first question was, and some of these might have been prior to last week, you know. So, it is the first question is Nano, and he says, Discuss your most recent regular MechWare PC gaming experience, um, and then why or why not have you been playing MechWare 4? Uh, have you been playing MWL? Why or why not? And what games have you been enjoying? 
what's the most recent mech game you guys have played? I mean, I know my answer MWLL. Same. And Greg, I know you've played. We've dragged you in there a few times. I've played. I I liked the game visually. I thought it was great. I immediately wanted to try the uh, air fighters and that sort of thing, just because I'd never had the ability to do that before. And I crashed my space plane into a mountain <laughs> pretty straight away. <laughs> um, I didn't like the uh, the sort of unreal tournamentiness of it, uh, with the constant respawns and that sort of thing. That sort of uh, took me out of it a little bit. And also, at least when I was brought in, it was a pain in the butt to get set up. But I hear that got fixed. It's definitely improved. I would say that there there are certain game modes like uh, we we would do our open merc night matches and basically we do a you know x amount of sea bills for both teams no respawn um you know like no sea bill sharing or whatever and then we'd roll out and it totally changed everything just like uh you guys said the thought of my actions have repercussion and there's you know i only have one life i only have this mech and you know once it's down i'm you know i'm dead yeah, once you get involved in the MWL community, there's a lot of uh, options for that kind of thing, like tournaments as well. Um, and to me, that's where it all was. I love that because you had a, you know, you had a tight team. You uh, worked a good strategy, and there was consequences for every action and and for every different type of mech that you pick. All right, so we we definitely answered uh, the first and the third question. Um, the second one: Why have I not been playing MechWarrior Four? Uh, to be honest, I stopped playing MechWarrior Four. Back in 2002, when I left for a little island called Paris Island, uh, when I got back, I was playing like, you know, Call of Duty and stuff like that, and Battlefield 2, and I just never, I never got back into it. Even though I know MechTech did a, some amazing thing and still doing amazing things, I just couldn't play Mech 4 anymore. I just couldn't do it. I still play every few months. Just, uh, and. The last question, what have we been playing on a regular <laughs> basis? You. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Teach his own. He's just saying. He's just right saying. Up. Okay, so well, um, regular games. I will answer this for Bomb, uh, uh, a.k.a. Darren here. World of Tanks. This guy yep. is addicted. Um, I would say Greg, what, uh, EVE Online and uh, League of Legends? Yep. And myself, EVE Online, um, occasionally BF3, and MWL. Hopefully we answered that nano for you. We'll move on to the next one, and it's... Uh, you guys want to pronounce his name? How do we say that? Oh, also, uh, Alex, our Scottish engineer, he's playing uh, Total War. Throw uh, that out there. Lock Good. the chat down, engineer. Lock it down. <laughs> So we've got Halfanax, and he says, should PGI add a single-player campaign uh, to MMO post-launch or a new game with single-player after MWO launches? Um, what are your guys' thoughts before I dive into that? Um, I haven't really thought about that. Uh, single-player single game, wait a minute. Um, I'm, I'm not really worried about single-player campaigns myself, so uh, I haven't really thought about it. I'm all for the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a single-player guy. I, I, I mean, it's a MechWarrior online game. It's an MMO game. I don't I know think PK... they're really gonna go for a single-player. I mean, really, why would you? Except for like the WoW theme parky type stuff, but that only 
I don't think that model is very successful. I think they're going to go more with the World of Tanks, League of Legends, open world PvP stuff. PK, I know you like the single player stuff. What do you? How do you feel about that? Now, I will say, in this instance, I want them to focus all their freaking time on the multiplayer. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to say go the single player. I never really enjoyed the single players, except when you know I was like 13 and I was playing, you know, MechWarrior 2 Mercs. Um, and even then, I would have probably been online if I knew anything at the time. But I love seeing, I love the single player stuff, like all the different campaigns in the MechWarrior games and in the uh, Mech Commander games. But if I want to go do that, I'll go buy one of those games. Yeah, you know? I'd like this to is see MechWarrior a... online. I want to be playing against other people in player content, not a pre-scripted cinematic thing. And I think you hit it right on the nail. I'd love to possibly see something else, and and we'll talk about the some of the other stuff. Uh, but for MWO, stick to it, and as much time as they put into it uh, is what we're going to get out of it. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, we've got our Jack McGinn, our our Scottish. Uh, that was probably horrible. <laughs> what? Was that was that as bad as I thought it was? Oh my goodness. Anyways, he asked, how do you think PGI will attract new players to MWO? Uh, first off, I think uh, the number one, th or two things. That someone who knows absolutely nothing about MechWare Battletech. Two things. Giant freaking robots blowing the shit out of each other with lasers, missiles, blah, blah, blah. And then two... Giant freaking robots pulling each other. <laughs> I agree with that. What more do you need? I, I don't think there's really, um, and I think cool with looking giant robots. Yeah. Like sex total destruction. Back legged, you know, back leg chicken legs. Sex on two legs. With, <laughs> what was know. that really cruddy knockoff game that came out a while ago that was sort of battle techish and it was supposed to be competition for Eve Online and then. I haven't heard about it in oh, yeah, yeah. Three oh, months. Oh, it's got a weird Black name. Prophecy. Black Prophecy? No, 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 no. The robot one that we played for a little bit when everybody oh, bailed gosh. from you. Um, it's like a it P like... or an O. Yeah, yeah P. P. Uh, Perpetuum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. Mm. Uh, the good yeah. giant robots. <laughs> I, th I think we spent a uh, bomb like maybe 30 minutes and that was like walking yeah. around trying to understand like, wow, this is... Anyways, not to knock another game, but that sucked. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to maybe maybe if you spent the time it might have been better I just didn't have yes. time and I played Eve maybe um, we didn't appreciate it fully but you what I saw I was impressed uh, Will uh, Wilhelm Kraus um, unseen yes Ooh. yes and yes please will we see them what do we expect in what forms and to be honest uh, I'm sort of torn between this Darren is going to. He's he's one of it's those. It's not old, even a question for me. He, he, you know, those old people. They're set in their ways. Any deviance from that, and it's blasphemous and whatever. I will say, I do like a lot of the new redesigns from Project Phoenix of some of them. Uh, it's the not Marauder. a Marauder, man. Hold on, the Marauder is iconic. It's not it's a not, Marauder. It's hold on, shut up. I don't think <laughs> it needed changed. Um, same thing with the Rifleman, Warhammer, and stuff like that because of okay. IP issues. I like that. The new stinger the new locust the new uh shadow hawk uh, yeah i know you like those griffin i think they do look more functional it's more like what fd has done to the mech so far and do would i want to see any 
difference in those, I don't think it would be a bad thing. I'm not going to sit there and, and load up my shotgun and, you know, blow my head off about it. But the, if, like, the Marauder was the new uh, Phoenix uh, sort of style, if he, if he, I like the new one. I think it looks different. I think it looks mean. I, you know, I could understand. Um, but I don't like the new Rifleman. I, I think it, it just looks, it's horrible. So that's, I said it before, it's not a make or break it issue for me, but I always prefer the Unseen. And what I would love to see um, regarding uh, Flying Debris redesign is him using the, the Unseen as a starting point. Like, for example, the Stinger. Um, I think him starting with the Unseen, he could make it look like something that you would like more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just So, yeah, I, I'd love to see some of the, the old stuff. I mean, the Marauder just... It just it has that uh, look, you know, especially the older. I mean, yeah, I will give all, some of them that. Um, so let's, let's uh, unless Greg, you have any saying on that one? I would like to see them included. I hope they're not too far off what, they're, what they should be. Um, I'm not really familiar with the Project Phoenix art compared to the old art. I haven't really been in on that. I'll, I'll but, school you up later on that. Yeah, I, well, I, I think, remember the Rifleman. It was one of my fave mechs. The Marauder 2 is just oh, so badass. And I really just hope whatever they design it like, that that still comes across. Stinger, Wasp, loved them. Were you uh, saying the Marauder number 2 or 2 as an also? Well, both. Uh, I like the Marauder because of uh, Thunder Rift. And then yes. when I found out they made an assault mech version of it, it, it was is like, so ah, insane. Oh, I love that me. thing. Well, to, totally to give you an idea, you know, there, there's, anyways, I'm open to a lot of them, um, a lot of ideas. But hey, I, isn't I think, the catapult an unseen? I thought I remember seeing that in uh, Robotech. No. No. Okay. no. 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 All right, let's move to. Um, I don't know how to pronounce uh, PHT. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his name uh thoughts on the three moves ahead podcast obviously uh you know if you haven't listened to it do so we already talked about sort of there was more into it it was actually pretty long about an hour there's a lot of cool stuff uh, but we just took what we could just for time's sake out of it so we'll move on to the next one so hopefully we got uh whatever his name is <laughs> you want to do it again uh, okay uh, there we go hopefully we got your name and question that we at least talked on a little bit for you. Uh, we got Patricia Silverfox. Um, any chance for iTunes, just like I announced, uh, it's coming. And uh, our Scottish guy is going to be leading the way on making sure we're just going to throw everything on his shoulders. Um, so, yeah, it's like a it's like a pack meal, right? He can he can handle it. So, all right. So the next question we've got from the forums is uh, VY Canis and he was asking basically the cost of equipment and damage repair upkeep cost you know what we thought on that and to, to read into it a little bit more and he basically said what do you guys think about the pricing availability and the devs actually answered this and they said equipment will be available to everyone now pricing um, I think is what they're going to do and it's a, it's even in MWL they use pricing, um, so 
I think that would be the best bet for them is just to just to focus on the if if stuff gets destroyed or not. I think I think what we'll see is it gets destroyed. Who knows? Speculation. But uh, just the the pricing if it's really damn expensive, you know, not everyone in the mother is going to have it. Yep. Um, and then we've got Dim now. Uh, Dim is, uh, he's actually hopped on here and I've got to talk with him. He's a really nice guy. He's got, uh, he's doing a lot of cool things with the, um, the sh shield wall of Vasalog and, uh, the, uh, the, he has, um, he's got a lot of stuff. Uh, he, he asked us, we talked about some of it already. Um, you know, modules being able to take damage, destroyed and stuff. I think it'd be really cool. Even like Lear said, earlier um i think if we do have destruction somehow and if they weren't doing full chassis that would be a good way for them to do it um obviously we've got confirmation on c3 master and slaves being in the game that was just released uh line of sight uh for kills destroyed max um and he was basically or will death sort of be Think what what does he say? Will it be broadcasted deaths or something like that? I think once I think what he's asking if someone dies, do you actually like see their name, you know, with a skull, or is it one of those things that you have no list of who's destroyed or not until basically the round says, "Hey, you're the winner." Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like, imagine playing like League of Legends or World of Tanks, and you didn't know who was still out there. Like a fog of war? No, like they're you know in, in World of Tanks, you see their name and what tank they're in, right. and when they die, that it goes like you know right. darker color. If you didn't have that at all, you didn't know. Yeah, I'd like to see them have to visually confirm kills and things like that, and have to keep track of how many people are still alive yourself. I think it would fit with the sort of feel that they're going for here. But I think it also could be realistic that if, uh, you know, the, your mechs are using computers or whatever and somebody sees a mech go down, then that can be broadcasted to the other mechs that this target is now, you know, gone. Yeah, maybe, you know, there's a ticker or something, but I don't... I don't know, man. I don't know if I can count past three. Um, it might be too much for <laughs> some... Uh, I think it'd be perfectly acceptable. Um, uh, and let's move on to... Uh, <laughs> Go for it. I want to hear. I, I I think this is a troll. I I think. Uh... Squisar, Squigelf. Yeah, that guy actually has that name. I've seen him post a bunch of places yeah, before. Yeah, I have too. I just wasn't gonna try. <laughs> That's amazing. Squisar, Squigelf. Battle group thoughts. I guess suppose yeah. someone had to get it, but. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't this guy awesome not me <laughs> uh, so his question was the battle grid we already talked about that um able to create orders able to create orders using it they've already you know sort of announced that um i think it'd be i think it'd be really cool if maybe uh there's just a predetermined like go here destroy this or you know take this hill or take this terrain just sort of you know like f1 you know blah 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 or ults and stuff and you can just click for the commander i think it would be very very useful I think possibly they didn't mention modules actually affecting your battle grid, but maybe there's some bonuses to it. I sort of um, see maybe uh, like unit-specific waypoints is good enough, or maybe you could plan out a route for someone to take, just like simple lines and stuff. I doubt we're going to be able to get very complicated here, or okay, go here and, and 
scout this thing and then blow this particular thing up and then come back here and blah, blah, blah. There's a cool module for World of Tanks. It's a uh, tactical, I don't know, some tactical system. Anyway, you can get in there and you can get like the full-on John Madden football overlay with drawing X's and arrows and stuff like that. It'd be cool if there's some kind of interaction for commanders like that. Yeah, yeah. I think them providing as many tools and assets available to go as far and in-depth as you want. Um, I really like cool. the idea of a commander that has a whole bunch of, you know, top-level information and can direct, you know, everything down below like an orchestra. You know, I just like that idea. Yeah. And his last question is, what do you see, uh, basically, team-based, the difference between, like, teams and solo and the inferno as far as information warfare, like, how do you think that'll work? And... I think it's going to take everyone in in a lance and every everyone on a team working together to be effective. I mean, you see this anywhere in any game, but there are some games where there's just like maybe just a handful of guys who just trounce, you know, like Battlefield 3 or whatever. I mean, you got some guys just really good and they can turn the whole tide, which I think you'll see in this. But I think to be effective, especially with how they said line of sight detection and all that will play. I think you're going to have to have your ducks in a row, and if you don't, someone that does is going to just just kick your ass. And that's what I'm hoping for, because I, I hope that with the, the unit, you know, I'm in, that we can we can train and, and prepare and go out there. Make a name for ourselves. Do work, make some money, you know. All right, so we didn't have any Facebook questions. Everyone was hitting us up on the forum. I already talked about MWLL. MechWare Tactical Command, now it's, it's really weird but we actually had an article an interview small interview that it was but we had a interview and it's gone it's not at the brandon was looking for it i mean we had it linked and it's just no longer available and so i didn't get to read it and dun, dun, dun. we just don't really know a whole lot about what's going on and so hopefully we'll find out more about it we'll let our you radars are on um, now, the next big thing, uh, just sort of news for those who don't know, is uh, another mech game was broadcasted. Yes, another one. Solaris Assault Tech. Now, we don't know the anything as far as what the game is, its release, the, the legal implications, or anything like that. Uh, we're just bringing you the, uh, the news, and it, its creators is a subsidiary of mechtech.net. Really, really cool. Check out on their forums and whatnot. Um, but from what I've understood, it's going to be a PC and a console port, supposedly. At least this is what I read for like the 360. Don't quote me on this. It's just speculation as far as what I've read. Visually, the game looks pretty pretty cool. We don't have any like footage in-game. We've got a screenshot of a mech or two. We've got the high-poly concepts, which, by the way, one of the artists is... I mean, these guys are amazing as far as the high-poly concepts. But yeah, looks, some seriously beautiful 3D modeling. It basically looks like uh, Solaris Arena where you just go in there and you just blow each other up and it looks fancy. Uh, so, you know, we don't know if it's... Uh, I don't want to say a mech assault because I don't think that's what it would be. But just a game where you can hop in and just, you know, jump right into it. It's sort of like a first-person uh, mech game where you just, boom. More info to be released on that. We'll cover that as, as it comes in. And... Uh, and lots of stuff. We appreciate you guys being patient over the the holiday. And again, we've got iTunes coming, uh, our YouTube, 
and we are still looking for a you know a web designer so again if you got what it takes you know hit darren up and you know hopefully we can get some of these things knocked out look on the uh, podcast section of the mwo forum for information or also our uh, facebook page so again contest going live appreciate everyone you know interest in the podcast you guys have been amazing um, I would like to give a uh, small thank you to two people. Um, Wayne, our graphic artist, is actually designing us a TS3 logo, and he'll be working obviously with the web designer on some really cool stuff. A very, very talented individual. And obviously to our Scottish audio editor and friend, Alex. And uh, we do appreciate you taking the time. It's like, three four in the morning and he's doing this right now even though i know it's to... i know it's uncomfortable sitting around in a skirt all night you know it's uh, like chafing isn't it s- stop agitating the engineer all right he's like <laughs> he even has a goddamn job <laughs> so guys this has been your local no guts no galaxy mechware podcast we hope you enjoyed today's show this is philip this is darren this is greg until next time mechwares Bring your sister over here Let her dance with me just for the hell of it